Did you know high quality products that are built to last are better for the environment? That's because it takes a lot of energy and resources to create new products. I'm Daniel Hartz, and this is the Sustainability Champions podcast, where we highlight the people, ideas, and innovations that are protecting and healing the planet. Today, my guest is Christine Riley Miller, the Global Director of Sustainability at Samsonite. Samsonite is the world's largest lifestyle bag and travel luggage company that is playing its part by keeping sustainability front and center of its strategy. Whether creating products out of recycled plastic bottles, making their operations carbon neutral by 2025, or designing their bags so they can be easily fixed, Samsonite is leading the way in making travel more sustainable. So thank you so much for joining me uh, today, Christine. Thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to hearing all about uh, Samsonite and how you're being sustainable. So really three things I'd love to cover today, broadly speaking, is first of all, uh, to me, which is one of your brands, uh, recent announcement there about your new sustainable sustainable product lines. Second of all, the other parts of Samsonite and, and your sustainability strategy, because there's so many other things you're doing as well. And finally, what it's like to lead the sustainability uh, strategy for a large corporation. So briefly, just to jump in, what exactly does Samsonite do? Well, as you said, we are the world's la largest uh, travel lifestyle bag and luggage company. Uh, we have a number of brands worldwide, including Toomey, uh, as well as Samsonite, American Tourister, uh, Gregory, Hartman, Speck, um, and others. And, you know, we've really led the, uh, the industry in innovation, durability, and quality for the past 110 years, mm. quite a legacy. And, you know, it's our ambition to lead the industry in sustainability moving forward across all of those brands. That's awesome. How did you, how did you get into sustainability? Because you have quite a, um, a rich history in, in sustainability. I'm, I'm curious to know, what was that moment where you decided to actually go into luggage and, uh, and Samsung oh. specifically? God, luggage and sustainability. Um, so, you know, when I first started my career, uh, sustainability wasn't even a term in the industry, uh, nor any of the associated terms like corporate responsibility, uh, right. ESG, none of that existed. And so I was really playing in that space of um, working for a nonprofit in the corporate partnerships area. And I was really intrigued by that intersection of the social purpose of a nonprofit and the scope and scale of resources of a corporation and thought, you know, if you can bring those together in a meaningful way, you can really have, expand your impact worldwide. And so that led me on this journey of figuring out how to do that as a career and, you know, doing focusing on corporate responsibility and then looking at uh, social impact and then finally getting into that space of sustainability. And what I love about Samsonite is you know, I came in to start the program here on and sustainability, but our brands had already a rich legacy of doing this work. And so, and we had, you know, folks on our, on our teams who were already engaged in trying to solve some of the key problems of our industry and our business. And so it was a great place to come in and formalize those efforts. That's awesome. I mean, I think it's so interesting because um, I think travel in general, and this, and this must be a, a well, I would imagine a big part of what makes this role so interesting is because travel in general is, I think, quite vilified when it comes to sustainability, especially really any part of travel, actually, even you don't need to fly on a fly. I mean, cars get all sorts of bad, uh, you know, bad rep and um, you are in, in the travel industry. So I, I'm sure there's a lot of challenges and 
I imagine you're you're quite used to those challenges based on where you're coming from, where you came from with um with Duncan Brands. So I, I'm I'm really curious to know how does how does um you know how do you actually sort of deal with the challenges of knowing that you're in travel and um well, well actually I, I suppose more specifically do you see that kind of like pushback from people who are like oh this is travel so automatically they assume it's not sustainable you know i think there's a lot of interest in among particularly as as travel has been shut down during the coronavirus and people yeah. are starting to recognize the impact of their footprint um, but I think people are anxious to get back out and see the world. Mm. And I, I think you're right in terms of people often look at travel, uh, in terms of the impact of, um, emissions, but what they don't think about is how, um, the brag that they bring and the bag that they use on that, tri- on that trip can also have an impact. So our bags, you know, too many bags are lightweight, they're durable, they're built to last, they're built to be repaired. And so it's our intent to, to enable the consumer to buy a bag that's lighter, that helps lighten the load on that, on that plane, which helps with some of that fuel consumption on the plane. So the lighter the bag, the lighter, um, the easier it is uh, on, that, on your travel footprint. But also, if you have a bag that's going to last, and, and our intent is to keep that on the road with you as long as you can, if, you, if your zipper breaks, you can repair it. We have repair centers worldwide. Um, you can keep on those travels and you can keep that bag and you can minimize your consumption overall. That's so cool. I actually didn't even consider uh, the part about having lighter bags actually makes the the plane more uh, fuel efficient. That's uh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So you can, you know, we do, well, we don't, you know, we don't, we're not involved in the the aviation industry directly, but we, we all can play a part when we travel. Um, And I think it's important to know that, that lightweighting is, uh, is an important part of that. Um, and also just durability. I think people often their bag breaks, the wheel breaks, and they just go out and buy another inexpensive product. And then you've just got all of these bags out there filling up the landfill. That's not our intent. Um, we're trying to avoid that again by, um, you know, building products that last, uh, and ensuring repairability and, and, and engineering that into the product. Mm-hmm. So Tumi is the is the latest of Samsonite's brands to actually announce a new product line, or actually a few of them that are are really focused on sustainability and being eco friendly. So what what is exactly Tumi doing that's um, revolutionary and different and and sustainable? Well, Tumi's uh, sustainability approach is really focused in three key areas: built to last. So as I said, it's really about how do we build a product that can stay on the road with you as long as as it can. It goes through 30 uh, rigorous tests uh, to make sure that it's going to survive all of those, uh, you know, travel impacts. Uh, It's also based on recycled material innovation. So they're looking at how uh, we can uh, use recycled nylon and recycled uh, uh, polyester, so or PET fabric, so that it uh, not only meets those durability standards, but that we're minimizing our use of virgin materials. We're helping to divert waste from the landfill and from the waterways. So trying to add some circularity in there. Uh, and then also it's about our global repair network. So we have a vast network of repair centers. If you you know break your zipper, as I said, the, the pole comes off, you can take it to a Tumi store in, in many locations worldwide on your vacation, they'll fix it and on you go. So it's, it's, you know, we're looking at it across a, a, raw, a broad range of uh, approaches. That's really cool. Are there any other brands that do the repair center? Because I'm not sure if I've heard of this before. 
Yeah, Samsonite globally, we have uh, 200 repair centers in uh, 65 countries worldwide. So there are other uh, other brands that you can repair those products. Um, and there's other brands looking at how to uh, innovate some of that repairability into the product. Again, it's really about durability. It's about ensuring that the product stays with you on the road as long as it can. Yeah, I think that's that's really important. And it, it's like I said at the very beginning where, you know, I think a, you're absolutely right. A big part of being sustainable is actually just creating something that lasts for a long time. Otherwise, creating new stuff is really where all the waste is made and it's where all the energy is used. Um, I'm really, I'm, I'm so curious to know, is there any like business concern? You know, if you create one really nice bag that lasts for decades. I mean, what if I buy one bag and that's the only bag I ever need because it's so well made, which is great for me. Is there ever a concern right. for for a company like Samsung in this case where, you know, you think, well, I just sold one bag and now that customer may never need to buy another bag from me again? No, I don't think so. And, you know, for a couple of reasons. I mean, I'll first say that there are too many products that are on the road today that have been on the road for 10 years, mm. you know, and so, but as we, you know, as, as to me is known for innovation and as you, uh, you know, as you evolve and your travel needs change, you're looking for new products that meet those needs. Uh, and then the other pieces, you know, we, as we mature as travelers, our travel needs change and evolve as well. And so you're really looking at how can I find bags that might complement the travel that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So maybe you were you were doing a lot of overnight trips when you were single and then you had a family and you need additional bags for your family members and now you've got to bring, you know, all of the gear that that children require when you're going away for a weekend. So the the little bags don't matter anymore, you know, don't don't really work anymore. Um, but then as you as you um, buy those new products, if you find that you don't need them, we often find that a lot of those bags are passed on, you mm -hmm. know, so there are generations of uh, Tumi customers who have bags that have been passed on through those generations. So, you know, I mean, I don't know uh, that that you have one bag that will meet your travel needs forever. Um, and so you're always looking for some of that new innovation and and ways to complement the lifestyle and, and travel that you that you might um, embark on. Yeah, I think that's a good point. You um, Things change. And like you said, if you have kids, I mean, you probably want something very durable anyway, so that if it <laughs> right. gets knocked over, yeah. Um, you you right. mentioned that, that it's made from uh, recycled nylon and, uh, and PET. Um, where exactly do you get the material from? So the uh, recycled PET comes from... Uh, recycled bottles through the consumer waste stream. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, recycle, you know, PET bottles that have been recycled that we collect, we divert them from going into landfills, waterways. Uh, so it's a great way to keep them in circulation. The recycled nylon is uh, post-industrial. So that means that it is uh, excess nylon used in the uh, manufacturing process. So that's uh, scrap nylon that might've been uh, disposed of or discarded, we're reusing that. So that also diverts that waste from the from the uh, landfill. That's awesome. I'm such a fan of using scrap materials. I think that's. I think it's really clever because everyone wins. Um, I'm, I'm, I imagine you know for the manufacturer, they get to make a little bit of extra money by selling off things that they would have otherwise thrown away. You probably get. Um, that material at a, at a discount because it's not supposed to be used and the environment wins because ultimately right. it's actually actually used. I saw an interesting number in terms of the number of bottles that you've 
diverted. Are there any any figures that you can you can share in terms of how many bottles you've recycled for some of the bags? Sure. So since 2018, Tumi has diverted more than 980,531 bottles, 500 wow. milliliter bottles, and globally as a corporation, we've diverted more than 52 million since 2018. So since we're doing. Wow, that's not even so, two full years. Right. Right. That's incredible. Yeah, oh, and, I, and I think it speaks to the fact that you know we as an organization um, have the scale to really move the needle on sustainability in this industry, and that's why we've really set our ambition to lead the industry on sustainability um, because we are, you know, we are the industry leader, and and we have the scale when we decide we're gonna we're gonna move forward on using a recycled PET fabric we can start to roll that out across all of our brands and all of our product lines. And each of those brands will use it differently. Each of them will have different standards about how they use it, where they use it, when they use it. But we can start to introduce that um, across our product lines mm. in a pretty um, pretty quickly. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm, what I'd love to know is really like, because you, you're, you're the global director of sustainability. And um, so that, that means that you're, so you're the director for Samsonite and Samsonite has multiple brands and each brand basically i imagine reports to samsonite saying here's how we're kind of how each brand is functioning so what's your role in terms of um kind of you know you're, you're i imagine you're thinking about each brand as kind of a little unit and at the same time holistically as part of what samsonite does um so how do you actually right. approach each brand and their unique you know from to me to um just the standard samsonite brand, et cetera? How do you approach each one individually? Yeah, it's a great question. So I, when I started at Samsonite in December of 2017, I was tasked with developing a global sustainability strategy for all of our brands worldwide. And it took a, it took a little while really to figure out, you know, how do we, how do we set a global strategy that, you know, we report, uh, we, we publish an annual ESG report. Mm -hmm. And so all of that has to be about the entire brand. And, you know, or about the entire house of brands, if you will. And so thinking about how do you set a, a set of goals that can then be taken and implemented by each brand in each region in a way that is meaningful, but still rolls up. So, so we set nine goals that we announced in uh, April, and those goals were designed to be focused across four areas, product innovation, thriving supply chain, carbon action, and people focused. And they're, 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 they're focused in that way, but they also allow, they're broad enough to have flexibility that each brand can implement them specifically. So Tumi, for example, is really looking at, you know, product innovation through the lens of built to last, um, recycled materials innovation and uh, the global repair network. Some of our other brands might look at it a little bit differently, you know, like a, through a different lens that makes sense for how their brand approaches it. But they're all looking at in product innovation. So that's how uh, I rolled it out across all of those brands. You know, when we look at things like our um, carbon footprint, we're going to reduce our, the carbon intensity of our footprint by 15% by 2025. That's going to be implemented differently by different brands. Um, whether or not, you know, depending on their, whether or not they have a retail footprint, uh, whether or not they have a distribution footprint uh, that they own and operate. So it's, uh, it, it's intended to set this umbrella framework that can then be uh, implemented and act in, in, across those brands in a way that makes sense for them. 
That sounds like quite a lot to juggle because you have to think about <laughs> Samsonite as like a company and then each brand. I imagine it's challenging enough for each brand to meet targets and then to think, well, how does that brand actually meet our overall umbrella target? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, so we set the goals in April. We're now in the process of saying, how do we how do we actually collect the data and measure progress in a way that uh, is is um, manageable? You know that we where where are those where is the data similar across those brands that we can ask everyone to submit the same data and then be able to report it. Uh, and it, it's taking a little while to figure all of that out. And I would say you know the biggest some of the biggest challenges of this role are really trying to. Uh, understand and work with the nuances across all of those different brands, all of the complexities of having a global organization, multi-brand organization, uh, and then all, also all of the great work that's happening. So we have folks, uh, you know, at Tumi who have already been looking at how do we how do we reduce our carbon footprint at our distribution and retail centers? How do we increase the, the use of sustainable materials in our products and packaging? And then trying to capture that for everyone and get some kind of uh, um, uh, similar baseline mm -hmm. that you can then measure progress against is probably the the biggest uh, challenge. I mean, there will be there will be things that we are doing that are really extraordinary that just won't bubble up to scale. And therefore we probably won't talk about in, uh, in any kind of global context, but it's great work that's happening. You know, there, there's amazing things happening all over the world. I'm very fortunate to have a super engaged um, organization yeah, doing all this work. That's really awesome. One thing that I, I just realized as you were speaking is um, you could, you, what's, I think you're in a unique situation because you're each brand uh, if they're approaching uh, approaching it from a slightly different angle, they can probably teach each other best practices, almost. So if you see something that's working in Tumi, you can, uh, you know, send it off to to another brand and to another brand and right. see if it can be scalable in some way. So that education piece could be quite interesting. Yeah, we're actually um, we're doing that. Um, we're actually working with Tumi's head of um, supply chain to help us figure out how we measure goals um, or how we measure product, uh, the progress against some of our product goals. So he's helping to set up the framework for that, but we're bringing in our director of supply for Samsonite Asia to also weigh in and say, how does this differ for your brand and your region? And how do we then, you know, uh, develop a system that will work for everyone? So we have a really nice collaborative process. Um, I'm a big believer. I'm the only one that does sustainability. I don't have a team. So I really have to rely on folks in the organization to be super engaged and to do some of that work that either I don't understand how to do because I don't work in supply chain or, you know, product development. I rely on them to do a lot of that work. And, you know, I give them some of the direction in terms of here's what we're trying to accomplish. And then they feed back to me, here's how I think we can get there. And let's ask this person. And so it's it, that, that deep and broad stakeholder engagement process, I think has enabled us to get a lot of buy-in to both the strategy as well as the um, the goals that we set and ultimately toward achieving those goals. It's cool because, yeah, I mean, I mean if you're the only one who's doing sustainability, which is, I mean, that's incredible uh, in and of itself. If you're the only one, then you really have to rely on others to kind of pitch in and, um, and get 
you, you need to, to really almost like you have to rely on them to, to help you and to formulate those strategies because I mean, your, your reach can only go so far as one person. Right. Uh, I'm, what I, what was that, what was that time like when you first joined and they said, okay, we need to be sustainable. So, uh, Christine, welcome to Samsonite. And what was sort of like, how did that, those first sort of, I guess, months kind of come about where where they're just like, we really need to be sustainable and you have that expertise. So go. Um, well, I was, you know, I was lucky because I had a lot of support from our leadership team. Um, but, but I also had a bit of a blank slate. So we'd mm-hmm. done, we'd done some work and some things were happening, but no, when I started, no one said, these are the five focus areas I want you to, to, fo- to, to look at and address. They said, it's really up to you. You can figure that out. So I embarked on a learning or a listening tour of my colleagues worldwide to say, what are you doing? How are you doing it? Um, what's most important to you? Uh, we went through uh, a third-party materiality assessment, which you're you probably familiar with the process of. Um, sort of, I've heard of it. So, Can, yeah, yeah. So we brought in a third party, and we looked at. Um, we conducted interviews. We did um, research. We looked at what our investors wanted, our customers wanted, uh, our employees were saying, um, our uh, what the industry was doing. And, and we looked at all of that and we mapped it on a grid and said, what issues are most material to our business? Mm. Meaning if something were to happen in this, uh, against this issue, it would have a material impact on the business. And that was a very, um, again, broad and deep stapo- stakeholder engagement process. So when I brought that to the group and said, here's what we heard from you um, as an organization, everyone felt like they'd been part of that process and said, oh yeah, I, I see reflected back to me the things that I said to you. And then that materiality assessment, the results of that, we then use that to develop uh, the focus areas of innovative product, driving supply chain, carbon action, and people focused, and built our strategy and goals against that. And it was because we'd had those conversations across all brands, every brand felt like there was a part that they could play in that. But what was also nice is going through that process, I learned about all of the great things that were already happening in the organization. So it was good education for me coming from, you know, the food and beverage space into a consumer products, um, luggage travel industry, um, very different commodities, very different supply chain. Um, and so it was really, it was a, it was a really good process for me, but it was a good way for me to introduce sustainability to my colleagues and for them to introduce the business and the work that they've been doing to me. That's awesome. Yeah. So you can kind of build on that momentum that, that, that they've already been doing if it's clearly working. The, the way you've described it actually sounds like um, the way that I think really good nonprofits work. Um, I've heard of some, some bad stories of nonprofits coming in saying like, this is what you need and we'll build it for you. And, you know, here's like a school that we believe is good for you. And then they never use it because actually they never needed it. And and there are nonprofits that instead, the first thing they do when they need, when they want to help a community, for instance, is they talk to everyone and say, what are your biggest challenges? You know, what's not working and they say, here's what we need. And then the nonprofit says, okay, we'll get that to you. And the people are actually very grateful because their needs are met. They feel like they were just like you said, engaged and it Mm -hmm. becomes win-win because the work that you're doing is actually paying off and people are appreciating it. And it makes uh, all the, uh, the rest of your team actually invested in it and excited to keep going and, and to make it better. Right. 
And I think sustain, a lot of sustainability really is about listening and listening to the business because, you know, what's important today might not be the most important thing tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Business change, the world changes, we're going through a global pandemic right now. So, you know, priorities might shift and move as the world changes and we get, we become more viral and, you know, something that happens in one place in the world impacts what's happening here. And so you really have to constantly be listening and revising and making sure that you're addressing the needs of people and planet on an ongoing basis. And and you can't assume, I mean, the important thing about those materiality assessments that I say to everyone in the organization is this is a snapshot in time. I fully expect a year from now that this will look a little bit different as things, you know, as the world evolves, as the business evolves, as our employee base evolves, things are going to, are going to change and we're going to have to have to adapt. And, um, you know, I think it's important to remember that when we're doing um, sustainability. And, and like you say, if you're in that sustainability, I think, you know, extends to social impact. And we, anytime you're trying to, um, to have some type of impact and affect some type of change, you really have to listen, you really have to pay attention, and you really have to be willing to adapt on an ongoing basis. Um, a friend of mine recently said to me that sustainability is about adaptability. And I, I thought that was a really great way of framing it. <laughs> That's, that, that is cool. Yeah, I think it, it makes sense. You're, you really do need to, especially because, I mean, like with even with climate change, a big part of sustainability is now being able to adapt uh, to a change in climate. So quite literally, uh, right. be, yeah, being quick and and able to... That is interesting. What about like um, with eco-friendly products in general? Are you saying that consumers are are interested and that's what what they want, or is are they kind of approaching it like from the point of view? Well, I suppose that first question: are how are consumers reacting to uh, to eco-friendly products and saying like you know if you're putting? I saw on on the website on on uh, on Tumi's some of Tumi's products it says recyclable in big big words above the product. So is that are you seeing a lot of interest in that kind of uh, marketing? We are. You know, we're getting really good feedback from um, the products that are um, that have the recycled content. And when I'm out talking to people, I carry um, the Tumi um, backpack with the recycled um, uh, nylon and recycled PET, and I tell everyone about it. And people love knowing that they can get the products that they love but feel even better about them because they have some type of sustainable attribute. And I think coming out of this pandemic, I think people have reflected and and become more aware of that connection between the planet's health and their Mm -hmm. personal health Mm -hmm. and thinking more about conscious consumerism and and what are the impacts of things like fast fashion and how do I start to to, um, invest in products that I can feel good about, that I know are going to stand the test of time you know, are made from sustainable materials and, and working with companies that have that commitment to continuous improvement and saying, how can we continue to build products that are built to last, that, that really rely on that recycled materials innovation, you know, and that increase continuously that repairability. So it stays on the road with you as long as it can. And I think consumers are going to be much more aware of that as they emerge from from this pandemic and think much more about their own footprint and who they're, who they're buying from and whether or not they share those values. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Is it challenging to communicate this? Like, you know, all the fantastic work. I mean, you, you have, like you said, you do your ESG reports, which are really quite 
uh, I mean, they're, they're dozens of pages long um, because of all the fantastic work you're doing. How do you, how do you actually communicate all of that in a little tag, for instance, uh, and really get people to understand that, you know, Samsonite is working really hard to protect and heal the planet through um, all these different practices. Yeah, it go, I think it goes back to what I was saying before is really prioritizing the work that we're doing and saying, what is that? What is the work that's really scalable and that's going to resonate? So it's the number of bottles and consumers really understand that concept of this bag, uh, you know, by purchasing this bag, I'm able to, I contributed to diverting, you know, 25 bottles from the landfill and I can feel good about that. So there might be other um, sustainable components to that that you can find in the fine print on the website or you know on the back of the tag, but really getting their attention up front with the thing that's most compelling and and resonates most easily. Um, I think it can be hard to break through, um, especially now with all the all the headlines that are out there. Um, and I think there's some you know there's always been skepticism around large companies and you know is it meaningful and uh, are you saying this because you're um, uh, you, you're actually doing something or because you just want to sell me this product. And so I think you have to be really thoughtful about ensuring that the messaging, the product messaging really ties back to a bigger strategy. And we were really careful over the past two and a half years to, um, to, to present that as, okay, this is the product messaging now, but not overstate it until we have that strategy in place. And now that we have the strategy in place, you know, we can go out, share that strategy you know, talk about the great work that all of our brands are doing and, and the work that Tumi in particular is doing across, um, you know, across their product lines. Yeah, I, I can imagine it's, it, it can, it's almost a bit, it's a bit frustrating to a certain degree, because like you said, I mean, you have this incredible opportunity as the world's largest luggage company, you have the opportunity to make huge strides and really pave the way, um, like a, you pave a huge path for little brands to follow, and there's plenty of space for everyone. And then, you know, you start saying, here's what we're doing, and here's why, and, it's, you know, the environment is really important to us, and then all the consumers not all, but some consumers say, oh, they're just trying to, they're just marketing. That's greenwashing. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, and, and I think there have been a lot of brands recently where we've seen headlines about brands that have been, that came out and were known for um, various aspects of sustainability and they've really stumbled a little bit and mm -hmm. been called out on that. And so, you know, it, it happens. It's sustainability is really hard. It, it's even for smaller brands and particularly for larger brands, there's always going to be things that where there are opportunities for us for continuous improvement. And that's part of what sustainability is about for us. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And, you know, we try to be humble in what we are doing. Um, but also talking about some of the great work, you know, recognizing there are things, areas we still need to do where we still need to do work. But we're also, there are areas where we're doing great work. So trying to strike that balance mm -hmm. and not um, make claims about who we are that, that don't, that aren't, that we can't pack up, you know? So we've, we've tried to be really thoughtful in how we um, talk about our sustainability strategy, you know, and, and, and recognize that there's a lot more we, we can and will do. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's really important. And I imagine that consumers really just appreciate honesty more than anything else, you know, just being upfront and like, you know, that message that you just said, which is we are doing some great stuff. It's obviously everyone can improve and do better, which is why we're always looking to how we can do better. It kind of, uh, you're sort of, uh, 
just being upfront and honest and saying, you know, we, we know, um, there's always room for improvement. I mean, and, and every brand starts from somewhere, exactly, you know, we yeah. can't go from zero to a hundred and, and be perfect in, you know, at least not in the two and a half years that I've been here and it's going to take us a while. But, but the fact that we aren't at a hundred percent immediately doesn't mean that we're not going to do something and we're not going to do as much as we can, but we also, you know, want to be really thoughtful about it. We want to ensure that when we go out with a product that has a sustainable material, that sustainable material passes all of Tumi's 30 rigorous tests. Mm-hmm. We're not going to compromise on quality and durability. That's what, we, that's what we're known for. And so if we say it's got recycled material innovation, we also want to say, and it's built to last. So it's, you know, it's, it, it, it's something that we try to be really, really um, um, deliberate about in our approach to sustainability. Yeah, I think that's... Um... I think it's great. I think the quality is is really ultimately what people care about when they purchase something and uh, you know, voting with your dollar as well at the same time and making sure that you're supporting the causes that are important to you. Uh, I think you, you've mentioned the pandemic a couple times, and I think um, at least it was certainly on my mind speaking to a travel company. Um, you know, how have the last few months been for Samsonite during this time? <laughs> it must have been pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't speak to the business as a whole for sure. I mean, it, certainly we're in the travel industry and, and we've been affected, that's no secret. But I will say that our commitment to sustainability has not changed. And I think there are some, you know, there there may be other companies out there that have said we're going to move this commitment to the back burner while we focus on other things. Despite the pandemic and despite the impacts, our CEO has very clearly said our commitment to sustainability has not changed. We are still moving forward. We are still going to achieve these goals. And you see that with Tumi's recent announcement, you know, in the midst of the pandemic, we're still moving forward with that sustainability strategy. That commitment has not wavered. And we're still going to look to build those projects, those, you know, to, to develop those products that are built to last, that have that recycled materials innovation and, and that are repairable wherever you go, when you get back, you know, on the road. And, and hopefully that's, that's soon. Those of us who have wanderlust are really ready yeah. to <laughs> get out there. I think there's a lot of people all over the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And, yeah. and good for you guys for, you know, good for you for staying, um, for staying true to that. I think that's really admirable. And it's probably, uh, it's probably challenging when things are unclear, especially at the beginning, when all of this started to unfold and no one really knew what was going on. Um, I think that's awesome that you stood by and just said, you know what, we're not going to compromise. Uh, as, as things are kind of like starting to wind down, at least I'm based in London here, so things are, are certainly starting to open up, um, at least at the time of this recording, which is um, kind of beginning of July. Uh, things are definitely opening up. We'll see what happens. Um, but I'm curious, now, what, what are you most excited about? Obviously, in the U.S., things are, are a little bit different. Uh, as we start to kind of come out of this, what's, what, are, what's, uh, what, what are you most excited about in terms of the next steps for Samsonite's sustainability strategy? Um, you know, I'm excited for a lot of the new products we have coming out. You know, there's, uh, I think there, because of the pandemic, you might see some of those delayed a little bit in oh, terms yeah. of timing, but we have some really great products in the pipeline um, with some really terrific uh, features. And, you know, we've got increased use of, of uh, sustainable materials. We've got 
um, increased use of sustainable production processes, um, increased repairability. So I think we've got some really, really terrific products coming out, um, you know, and I will put in a plug for the, the Tumi collections that are coming out, you know, the, the first um, luggage line, the merge collection that's made from um, a, a recycled PET. Um, and so I, it's just exciting to see all of that starting to um, starting to hit the market. So it's great products and they have a great sustainability story. So um, it's exciting to see the innovation. It's exciting to see um, where that's happening and uh, more to come. Yeah, that's awesome. And you said 52 million bottles recycled in the last kind of year and a half, two years. That's Globally amazing. across all of our brands. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, that in and of itself to see another at least 52 million, if not more, uh, in the next couple of years. Well, yeah, Christine, thank you so much for your time. This was a lot of fun. Fascinating to hear about your your story and the, the work that you're doing at Samsonite um, and with all the various brands. So if, if someone wanted to learn more about Samsonite or Tumi or, or purchase any of the of any of the sustainable products, where would be the best place for them to go and, and find out all of that information? Sure, you can go directly to uh, the Tumi website, and if you go to the Tumi and the Tumi Difference page, you'll see a tab for sustainability, and you can find out all about their great work there. And then Samsonite, you can check out the sustainability page as well as the investor relation page, is where you can find our ESG reports. Awesome, thank you so much, Christine. I uh, really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, give us a five star rating, and also please subscribe, whether on your podcast app or on YouTube. That way you can be the first to know about new episodes. Thank you very much and talk to you soon.